0: What is the philosophy of positive parenting, right? This isn't a reward chart system. This isn't punishment. The whole positive parenting movement and our company Positive Parenting Solutions is really based on the paradigm that we're not gonna punish kids for messing up in the past. We're gonna work on solutions that help them be more successful in the future, right? Changing their skill set, changing the environment so they can be more successful. There's so many things that we can do under that. My friends, you are in for such a treat today. My guest Amy
1: McCready is a positive parenting expert and I have just known her forever. It feels like we go way back. We've worked together since long before I even founded Kids Cook Real Food because what she teaches, what she does at Positive Parenting Solutions was so aligned with what I was trying to do, what I really wanted as a parent myself. And, and it balanced well with what I was teaching at kitchenstewardship.com way back then. Amy calls herself a recovering yeller, and she's just like the very wise aunt who I look up to, the person who I want to be when I grow up, and I can't wait for you to hear this interview. I'm honored to host Amy McCready today, the founder of Positive Parenting, and let me tell you, when we talk about building connection, confidence, and creativity, starting with the foundations of great parenting is absolutely the way to supercharge that. Thanks so much for being here today, Amy. Katie, thank
0: you so much for having me.
1: This is going to be a delightful interview, and I hope it will push your thinking a little bit because we're going to talk about how discipline is not about consequences, and it's not about rewards. You might be wondering what's left, and that's what we're going to tackle today with Amy. As I mentioned, she's the founder of Positive Parenting and the creator of the seven-step parenting success system. She is the rock star author of two best-selling parenting books. You'll love these titles. If I Have to Tell You One More Time and The Me, Me, Me Epidemic. Such good titles. Amy is a regular Today Show contributor and she's been featured on CBS This Morning, CNN, Fox & Friends, Rachel Ray, Steve Harvey, and others. She's such an excellent, excellent expert, but her greatest joy is helping moms and dads become the parents they've always wanted to be. And of course, her most important role is a mother of two young adult sons that she has launched into the world. Thanks again, Amy. Oh, thank you, Katie. I was gonna say, it feels like we've been working together forever
0: now, doesn't it? So many years.
1: It has. It really has been a long time because I think when I started you know, listening to you and learning from you, your boys, I think maybe we're still in high school or college. Like they weren't even... Oh, I think they were younger than that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's where we'll start. You have now successfully launched these two amazing young adults into the world, but you had your struggles and stumbles as all of us do. How did you get started focusing on parenting, learning through failure?
0: Well, I think I started like so many entrepreneurs do, right? Like you have your own struggles, your own pains, and you have a life transformation, And that's kind of how I got into all of this. My background is not anything related, but when my kids were younger, I was really struggling just to manage their normal kid behaviors, but to do it in a way that wasn't nagging and punishing and losing control, yelling. When my kids were younger, I yelled a lot and I just kind of had this life-changing moment where I decided I just cannot do this anymore. I need to find a better way. But I'm so old, Katie. Like back in the day, there was not online learning. That was not a thing. And so, I kind of had to figure it out the old-fashioned way, just slogging through books and doing research and trying to figure out strategies that were going to be way more effective for my kids, but also felt a lot better. I always had this fear that my kids would be grown up and look back at me as that like mean yelling mom who was always frustrated and angry and i just didn't want to be that person so through kind of my transformation of learning better tools and really improving my relationship with my kids and our family life transforming i kind of launched that into a business and i've been doing that ever since i think we're going on 15 years or so now it's been a while
1: it has and we really have been working together a long time probably Eight or nine years. So I know what I love is that a lot of people listening probably already know and love you. (laughs) Similarly, we've got members in our classes who cross over because they're such a great compliment. And I've heard your story before. I've heard you say that you were hoarse from yelling, and I still don't believe it. That's the only thing Mm -hmm. I believe about what you
0: say is that you could possibly have yelled that much. Trust me, I did. (laughs) And it was so frustrating because, like, I'm not that person. I'm not a crazy person. And I remember thinking, At that time, I was home with my kids. I had taken sort of a break from my career. And I used to think when I was at work, it was so much easier. Like I managed a big team of people. Like, why is this so hard? And I'm like fairly smart. And so I know that I'm not the only one that feels that way. Like, how did I get pushed to the point where I actually had a sore throat from yelling? So I I promise you that story is true. And I know just from all the parents I've worked with over the years that I'm not the only one that has kind of felt that way. I was just thinking when you said, how can this be so hard? I'm not this crazy.
1: Like, seriously, how many well-intentioned, loving mamas and papas have said those exact words, if not out loud, at least in our heads? So we know we're all sort of in this same battle together. But I want to talk today, Amy, about how a parenting system can have no consequences or very few. No rewards, no paying for grades, no treats because the kid ate his vegetables. No saying, good job. I mean, okay, seriously, like, is there anything left. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know your seven-step parenting success system actually has dozens of strategies and techniques, but today let's unpack like the do-nots, okay? We want to create some real paradigm shifts for parents and show what's possible. You posted in your member's Facebook group, which is an incredibly robust group full of people really helping each other out. I love it. And you begged frustrated mamas and papas to stop asking for ideas, for consequences, He says, this is just from my heart, you guys, I'm begging you. You said, please don't ask for consequences for your child's behavior. And you recommended, you said, I want you to talk about why looking for those consequences is not a good idea. It's a losing proposition. But what do you recommend that we do instead?
0: The answer to this question really comes from kind of what is the philosophy of positive parenting, right? This isn't a reward chart system. This isn't punishment. The whole positive parenting movement and our company, Positive Parenting Solutions, is really based on the paradigm that we're not going to punish kids for messing up in the past. We're going to work on solutions that help them be more successful in the future, right? Changing their skill set, changing the environment so they can be more successful. There's so many things that we can do under that. Now, consequences can be one element of a positive parenting strategy, but it's only one teeny tiny little tool that we use like 10% of the time. And the reason that I beg parents to just not always look for consequences is because it's the default, it's the easy thing, right? And if it's done well and we teach parents how to do it well with a very specific process, but if we jump to consequences right away, we miss out on so many opportunities. For instance, we miss out on trying to identify why that behavior is happening in the first place. All behavior is telling us something, right? So, maybe that child's attention bucket is running on empty and they really need that one-on-one time from us, an emotional connection. Maybe there is a skill deficit. This child isn't trying to misbehave. He's not trying to be difficult. He just does not have the skills to be successful. In that particular situation. So we need to work on that, work on training. Maybe we need to switch up the environment or the situation or the routine that allows him to be more successful. Maybe it's us, right? So much of our reaction to the behavior can either diffuse a power struggle or totally escalate it. So there are so many things to unpack underneath the behavior. Not that it has to be difficult, but my point is if we jump to consequences right away, we miss the opportunity to do so much problem solving in the first place. And that's where we want to be. We want 90% of our efforts to be focused on that problem solving, on that skill development, because that will help that particular situation in the moment. But whatever he learns from that experience, he'll be able to apply to so many situations in the future. So I always talk about how what we do is long game parenting, right? We're not just talking about solving a situation in the moment, we're talking about doing that and preparing the child to be successful down the road when other similar situations come up.
1: So we're talking about being detectives here. I mean, this is really a problem, solution, long-term goal paradigm, as opposed to behavior consequence, behavior consequence, right? The behavior, I love that you say, it's always a sign or signal, that there's something going on, and we want to focus on growth with our kids. Does it take a little more mental gymnastics? Sure, but is it more effective? Five thousand percent, and that's totally. totally. Yeah, that's our goal: is to raise wonderful kids, not kids who
0: just understand that if they do X, Y will happen in a bad way. You know, it's looking backwards or looking forward. So, you know, we talk about the difference between punishment and discipline. So punishment is very backwards focused, right? Like you're getting punished for something that you did in the past, or maybe there's the threat of punishing you in the future, but that does not work for long-term behavior change. And discipline is totally different. It's all about teaching, training, and helping the child be successful in the future. So everything that we do is focused on that forward discipline rather than punishing for the past.
1: Well, parent doesn't want that. Now, what about rewards? That seems like positive reinforcement. That seems like uh, something in the future there. But I know that you advocate against paying for grains, incentivizing vegetables with dessert, and even those kind of little rewards and sticker charts and things. What does the research say about the
0: negative consequences for child and family? Yeah. So this is like one of those like blow your mind concepts for so many parents because we have been conditioned that the way to get a particular behavior is to reward it. And that goes for kids, but it also goes for adults, like with your Starbucks rewards card and all those kinds of things, right? We live in a society that seems to value rewards or think that giving rewards works. But we have to remember that our kids are not hamsters or mice in a laboratory. And we want to get away from the idea that if we want them to do something, we have to reward them. Because here's what happens when we use rewards. It sends the message to our kids that, wow, this thing must be really difficult or uncomfortable, and that's why I'm giving you a reward to do it. Or it sends the message that I have no faith or confidence that you will do this thing on your own unless I give you a reward for it. And it also sends the message that As the parent, I am hugely emotionally invested in this thing. And so, that way, it creates incredible opportunity for a power struggle. So, in the future, anytime there is something for the kid that is difficult, that he has to get out of his comfort zone, he's going to expect that there's going to be a reward associated with it. And remember our goal as parents, we are trying to foster that internal motivation, right? Like we don't want to have to give him a dollar every time he takes out the trash or expect that he's not going to work hard in school unless we're paying him to do it. We want that motivation to come from the inside. And so Katie, you asked about the research. There's a tremendous body of research that proves that the more that we use external rewards, internal motivation diminishes and there's study after study to prove this to be true. So, when we tie a particular behavior to an external reward, just remember that the child becomes less and less intrinsically motivated. And so, you have to ask the question, how long are you going to be around giving rewards for this particular behavior, right? When he's out on his own, are you still going to be rewarding this particular behavior? The great news for parents is they don't need rewards. I think parents resort to rewards because they don't know what else to do because they don't have any other tools in the toolbox, right? But when you have a whole toolbox full of strategies, you don't have to use rewards to get the child to do those things that he's supposed to do. And again, if we want to raise capable, unentitled kids, the rewards is just undermining that. We can forget the rewards and use other strategies that are going to be way more effective, Katie.
1: So fabulous. I mean, so not only do rewards, Not work that well, but they have serious negative consequences. If we're removing our kids' intrinsic motivation that's already there, we're breaking a system that's already working. And that's so fascinating that you said the rewards tend to increase the perception of how hard it is and decrease the perception of how capable the child is. You're creating, you're actually creating a gap in which stress lives from a stress free perspective in some of my training. So rewards,
0: in a way, you're saying they make work more stressful. Absolutely. And I have not heard a put like that, but that is brilliant. You're absolutely right. And imagine how discouraging that can be, right? Like you may be getting that like short-term hit of a reward that may feel good in the moment, but basically your parent is saying, this thing is really hard. I have no faith or confidence that you're going to do it. And so I have to provide this external reward to make that happen. So that doesn't say much about the child's own ability or their own sense of motivation.
1: No, and if you're inviting more power struggles, we definitely want to stay away from that. And I know, Amy, that you and I kind of see eye to eye as well on platitudes like, good job, which in some ways is a reward system, but you do such a good job of explaining (laughs) to parents how to intentionally change their language from praise to encouragement. Now. This is really nuanced. Everybody, prepare your brain to wrap around this, but I think you can handle it. I have full confidence in you and I will not reward you for paying attention, but this is really important. Praise versus encouragement, Amy. Yes, you're right. It's
0: such a nuanced concept. And we parents tend to dish out praise with the most loving intentions, right? Because we want to raise kids with a high degree of confidence and self esteem and We want them to think they can do anything. And so, we just gush the praise. But again, the research indicates that that is actually not effective. And there is a very distinct difference between praise and encouragement. And so, for our listeners and our viewers, you can think about praise as being another type of external reward, right? It's a verbal sticker, if you will. So basically, with praise, I am bestowing some platitude on you. You're so awesome. You're so pretty. You're so smart, like whatever it is. It may feel good to the child in the moment, but it doesn't do anything to help them repeat that action or that thing in the future. When you think about praise, it's very much a judgment, like, yay, Katie, I think you're awesome. But it doesn't speak to how Katie feels about herself, right? So, we talk about praise being about the doer, and you can all often think about it as a label, like you're so smart, you're such an athlete, you're so whatever. We're giving them some sort of a label that is really a judgment on how we view them. Encouragement is very different in that it focuses on the deed, that thing that he did or that thing that she does on a regular basis that contributes to a positive outcome. So, things like, wow, your extra study time really paid off. Okay, so let's distinguish that between, wow, you're so smart. Okay, I'm so smart. Yay, good for me, right? But your extra study time really made a difference in your history grade this semester. That is tying a specific action to a specific outcome and gives the child something that they can repeat in the future. It's not just a feel-good platitude, right? Or, wow, your help folding all the laundry really made such a difference in my day, All right? Again, not you're so helpful or you're so smart, you're so whatever. It's that thing that you did, your help with the laundry made such a difference in my day. I'm tying it to a specific outcome that makes a difference. So again, if you think about the doer versus the deed, if we focus on what the child did to produce a positive outcome, we want to see more of that. That's where we want our encouragement to be. The other thing that Katie reminded me of recently is we want to keep the word I out of it. All right. So when we say like, I'm so proud of you, and we've all said that a million times because we are. It's going to be really hard for me to. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't say I'm so proud of you because you are. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. But I want you to sprinkle in this phrase. Wow. You must be so proud of yourself. Okay. Take that in for a minute you must be so proud of yourself. You must be so proud of your hard work. Like that allows the child to own it. And that's different than me just being like, oh, I'm so proud of you because of course you're my kid and I think you're the greatest thing and doesn't matter what you do, I'm gonna think you're amazing, right? Trouble, it's just the way we are as parents. But when you say, wow, you must feel so proud of your hard work, you must feel so proud of whatever it is, that is something the child can own And I am telling you guys, I want you to do this and just like see the reaction that your kids have when you say, wow, you must feel so proud of yourself. They're going to be like, wow, yeah, I kind of am. It's just an amazing reaction. That is so helpful. And I knew that you would be able
1: to explain this in a way that we can all understand, right? So we're talking about the doer. And I think it's easy to see how labeling the person makes it like, an identity that they can't change. It's the whole growth mindset, right? And Carol Dweck, if you're stuck as the smart one, the helpful one, or alas, the dumb one, the lazy one, doesn't feel like there's anything you can do about it. But making yeah, it, you can encourage that behavior to continue and then make it intrinsic with, you must be so proud of yourself. So good.
0: Absolutely. And can I just expand on this for one moment? Because yeah. I know a lot of your viewers and listeners have more than one child, all right? So let's just talk about how this plays out with sibling rivalry you know he's the smart one well if katie's the smart one i'm by default the not so smart one right that's a literally my family by the way
1: What's <laughs> that for a younger brother i'm sure he wasn't told that but he felt that from teachers in our tiny town who had all taught big sister high achieving big sister Just a super quick interruption. You're a parent, so I know you're used to those. I wanted to make sure that you knew what we do here at Kids Cook Real Food. The name does kind of give it away. We teach kids to cook real food. Yes, here at the Healthy Parenting Handbook, I'm all about building your toolbox as a parent to raise healthy, independent adults. But at Kids Cook Real Food, I'm all about building your child's toolbox of basic cooking skills. We build over 30 basic cooking skills in our e-course for kids ages two to teen. When your kids have a toolbox full of skills, they can make any recipe they come across. This is not about knowing recipes. This is about building a great relationship with food and building the skills they need to access real food their entire lives.
0: Be sure to go to kidscookrealfood.com and grab the freebie we've always got on the homepage. And that's the problem is when we assign those labels, those praise labels, that that becomes their crown that they wear, right? That's their label. That's who they are. That's our identity, as Katie said. But think about if you have several kids in the family, you know, not everybody is the straight A student. And if all we value is the grade or the smart one or whatever it is, how does the other person feel? On the flip side, when we focus on the hard work, the perseverance, then going to get extra help when you need it, like those things that contribute to an outcome, it doesn't matter if you're an A student or a C student, you can feel proud of what you've accomplished. So focusing on those specific things will really cut down on a lot of the rivalry that your kids may feel just because of the labels that they've been assigned overtly or you know, just very innocently. We don't even realize we're labeling our kids sometimes the way we do it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think sometimes it almost feels like kids are asking for praise. For example, my youngest is in kindergarten and he brought home, it's like their writing notebook. Yeah. Of course, in kindergarten, there's not a lot of writing, it's mostly just pictures. Oh, and he was so proud. Yeah, I mean, he like threw the backpack down in the middle of the mudroom, did not do anything he was supposed to do when he got home from school. I whiffed it out. Look what I got to bring home, you know? Let's look at this together. And so it was almost as if he was asking for me to say, Good job. I love your pictures. And I tried so hard to say, Tell me more about this story. Right. And look at all the colors you use. And wow, you really took your time on this one. Like, oh, I've worked so hard because he was literally almost asking for praise. But you know what he was really clearly asking for was that time, right? That time sitting next to him on my bum on the floor and not doing any things I was supposed to do either.
0: <laughs> that story just reminded me of a question that your viewers might be asking, like, what's the big deal, Amy? Really? Like, what is the big deal? Well, here's the big deal. Right now, when we start using praise, kids become dependent on that praise. And so, you'll find them saying like, do you like this, daddy? Do you like this, mommy? Do you think I did a good job? And so, they may feel dependent on praise from you, but- very soon it's not going to be you that they're looking for praise and affirmation from right it's going to be the boyfriend the girlfriend the peer group eventually it's going to be their partner so it is so important that they develop that sense of assurance and confidence from the inside rather than depending on somebody else to get it so that's why this is so important we're building the foundation For your confident, self assured young person to launch into the world and not depend on others for their sense of approval or affirmation, Katie. And we want independent
1: children. So if we literally create the system for dependence, obviously the opposite of what we want. I I kind of thought I knew where you were going with that, Amy, with like creating a praise junkie and having them always depend on you. And then when you shifted to the boyfriend or the spouse or the boss or whatever, I thought, oh my goodness it really is a big deal yeah bigger than I even sort of expected so well done blowing our minds again I've been honored to serve your community over the years and I think we do merge so well together because what I teach about involving kids in the kitchen fits seamlessly with what you teach about positive power buckets contribution significance to the family so what do you see as the benefit of teaching kids to cook from that positive parenting perspective
0: Well, it is so funny. I am constantly talking about getting kids in the kitchen for so many reasons. So you hit on a number of them. So first, when we spend time with our kids in the kitchen, that is one-on-one time that we're spending one parent, one child filling their attention bucket like nothing else in the world is more important during that little bit of time than spending time with your child. And that can be done in the kitchen. And that's amazing. We are fostering skill development, whether it's learning to use a knife like Katie teaches or learning to cook simple recipes or as the kids get older, completing a whole meal. I mean, talk about skill development. When your kid goes off to college or the military or wherever they're going, they are going to have those skills under their belt. And it's the whole contribution to the family, right? When you contribute to the greater good, there is such a wonderful sense of significance that comes from that and positive power. And so those are all the things that we talk about all the time at Positive Parenting Solutions. And the kitchen happens to be one of the best places to foster all those things that we're trying to accomplish. I mean, I always say the kitchen is the best place to do your
1: best parenting. And it's just so true, but I love the way that you break that down. Now, your class also helps a lot of parents with struggles at the table right? And so a lot of the recommendations I give for parents who feel they have picky eaters, we kind of intersect. But you have a few creative points that I would love my listeners to benefit from. And in particular, how do you use variety and choice to help curb those picky eating power struggles?
0: Yes. So this is a topic, first off, that is so near and dear to my heart. I cannot tell you the power struggles that we had as a family over food when my kids were younger. And it would start out with power struggles with my kids, and then it would turn into fights with my husband. And that was actually one of the big topics that sort of, you know moved me towards learning positive parenting strategies. It was terrible. So when parents, you know, come to me with food issues, like I totally get where they're coming from. And one of the the biggest things and I know that you talk about this too, Katie, that I had to realize early on, is the more that I am invested in what they eat and how much they eat, it's going to be so much worse, right? And so, I had to learn to kind of like really just back off and let them make the choices on what they're going to eat and how much they're going to eat and for me to just stay out of it. So, I love all of the suggestions in your program, Katie, about just, you know, encouraging kids to eat. But some of the things that I talk about, in addition to just not being as personally invested in it is giving your kids more power around food in general. And so, just again, taking a step back, if you think about life from a kid's perspective, they don't really have that much power or control over their own world because they have parents who call the shots on pretty much everything. And so, the kitchen and food in general is an amazing opportunity to give your kids more power over their own world. And so, one of the things that I love to do is at family meeting, get your kids involved in planning the menu. So, one person can be responsible for deciding kind of like what protein we're going to have every day and somebody else can be responsible for the vegetables, what they're going to have. But the more that you get them involved in and invested in the menu planning for the week, they're going to be more open to trying things, obviously. Um, More choices around dinner, like you can have them in like crazy things, like involved in what we're going to serve the, you know, the meal in, what dishes and whatever we're going to serve in, what plates are we going to use? Are we going to use matching napkins or not? Like, there's just so many choices that you can make to give them a sense of control or power over in a world where they don't really feel like they have a whole lot of power. What music you're going to play at dinner? what, um, you know, what you're going to say, what, what grace you're going to say, what stories you're going to tell, like, just get them more involved in the whole dinner experience. So it becomes a family experience. It's not just about the food that you eat. And then you remove so much of the power struggle away from it. What do you think, Katie?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, actually did research as an undergrad learning to teach kids to read about agency, which is a fancy word for choice, mm-hmm. and how much kids having agency impacts the speed at which they learn to read and how positively they feel about that process. It's the same. Totally. It's the same, really, anything. Anytime you can give a child any agency in their life, they they feel more powerful and they are more likely to, you know, it's, it's not ironic. We give them power so that they're more likely to
0: do what we want them to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that whole power <laughs> paradigm thing. And, and again, back to sort of what is positive parenting, That's one of the biggest shifts that we have to make because we as parents want to control all the power and because we think we know better because, of course, we have age and wisdom and experience and all of that. But if we can transition to giving our kids more power, more control in age-appropriate ways over their own world, they're going to feel that sense of power in positive ways and they won't have to fight us for power. We're going to have less backtalk. We're going to have less struggles, less fighting over every little thing. So much of that is that kids just don't have enough age-appropriate, legitimate power that they can exercise in different aspects of their life.
1: So that's one mistake many parents make just because we're not thinking about it, but now we can, which is wonderful. What are some other really common mistakes that you tend to see parents make that you you can help us shift out of? Uh, This is so hard because
0: I hate to like focus on mistakes because it feels like we're judging parents, um, but it's not. It's just when you understand how your behaviors or reactions affect others, you can make different choices instead. So, let me just say that. This is not about parent judging at all. But I would say one of the big things, that um, big mistake that I made, and I think a lot of parents do is we just don't realize how our reactions trigger our kids behavior and i always say that misbehavior is you know it's a two-way street um another parenting expert um allison and i'm uh can't think of her last name right now she's so great um but anyway she says that misbehavior is a co-created experience Mm -hmm. and i think that is just spot on because we you know We always think that we need to fix our kids, right? But that's not the case. We are 50% of the problem. And if you have a highly controlling personality like I do, you're going to be much more likely to have power struggles. So, again, we have to adjust our reactions. And when we do, then it's like the misbehavior starts to fall off the radar screen. Now, parents need tools to be able to do that so they know what to do instead of just kind of like shooting from the hip. But once parents have those tools, it makes things so much easier. So that would be the one thing is not uh, that they underestimate their own um, contribution to the behavior issues. The other big thing that um, I've seen just over the years is what I call pendulum parenting. And pendulum parenting is kind of very, um, you know, we, we we start out with a set of rules, right? But then we don't follow up and we're not consistent and our routines aren't consistent. And, and then it just gets looser and looser and looser to a point where, you know, we don't really have a whole lot of rules. And then of course, things just start to unravel as they do. And then we're like, okay, totally pendulum parenting to the other side where we are getting strict and there's a new sheriff in town and we've got a hundred rules and we're signing contracts and all this nonsense. And so we, kind of swing back and forth. And that is terrible for kids. It's so frustrating for parents when there is a much easier way. When you follow a set of strategies and tools, you can maintain that kindness and firmness. Kids need both, right? They need that structure and they need your compassionate nurturing. And you can accomplish both with the right set of tools. So, just kind of that back and forth. I don't know if you've seen that, Katie, but it's the pendulum parenting that I think gets us into trouble.
1: You know, what's empowering about looking at the mistakes is honestly that we can fix them. It's empowering to know that we might be part of the problem because guess whose behavior we are in charge of? Oh my goodness, it's ours. So that's great. It's actually good news that I'm part of the problem because now I can, I can fix my half much easier than I can fix totally. the other half. And fixing my half will help fix the other half, which is awesome. Um, and then have I seen pendulum parenting before? Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe. We've all done it, right? Sure. Well, yeah, because we do, you know, I think we all sort of acknowledge that both kindness and firmness are needed and we forget that they're needed at the same time. Not kindness on this day and firmness on this day, but consistency means being kind and firm. Yeah. At this yeah. Same time um, and tools, tools are so helpful. And Amy, you offer a free web class for parents to kind of get more of a feel for your teaching style and your seven step parenting success system. And, I, and I've kind of um, been careful to stay away from some of those tools because I know that they're so powerful <laughs> in that web class. We kind of danced around them today. Um, so I tell you folks out there, heartily recommend that you go check the times, see when Amy's next classes. We'll leave the link wherever we share this video. But um, Amy, give us a quick like 30,000 foot view of what parents can expect in that class.
0: Yes. So, the thing that I love most about positive parenting is that it's not fluffy theory, right? It's like actionable concrete tools. And for my personality, that's what I need. Like, tell me what I need to do. And so, um, everything that I teach is very tool-based, but in the free class, um, it's about an hour and parents can um, get a better understanding of why these behaviors are happening in the first place and that's important because when you know why they're happening, then you can be more strategic in which tools you apply. Otherwise, we're like throwing spaghetti on the wall, right? That's why parents have resorted to the rewards and punishments and all that nonsense. We're just throwing spaghetti on the wall. When you know why it's happening, we can be much more strategic about it. Um, In that class, we also get into the parents' contribution and specifically personality. So, depending on your personality type, It'll bring out certain behaviors in your kids. Um, we talk about um, some of the um, some of the problems with punishment and, and, and go into a little bit more detail on that. But the majority of the class is talking about consequences, and I said we don't want to use consequences for everything, but there is a place for consequences if they are done well, and that's why I teach this tool in the class in the free class because you know lots of parents use consequences, but so often. Um, they're not done effectively. And they're really actually punishment, which is kind of what we don't want to do. So, I go through a five-step process for consequences with um, examples and scripts that you can use. And so, at the end of that class, you are fully prepared to go and use that tool with the scripts and everything that you need to know. And then, of course, if parents want to continue learning with me, um, they can certainly do that. But if you attend the free class, you will absolutely walk away with tools that you can use that same day with your kids and, and see results.
1: That is so true. And I think I've attended this class probably four or five times. Yes. Wow. And every stinking time I'm like, oh, I've fallen down and I've pendulumed again. You know, I've fallen down on that one. And man, when you just said sometimes we say we're using consequences, but it's actually a punishment. I thought, I think she might be right. I think I'm seeing that a little bit in this, you know. This year, we're seeing a lot more of our kids and things are tougher. Um, we happen to be recording this in 2020. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's the worst year. And people listening to this in 2023 are like, oh, yeah, that one year. And remember that year. <laughs> that one year. Um, but most absolutely, it is a very practical class full of tools. And it's some, it's one that you'll want to watch with anyone else who co-parents with you as well, for sure. So find a time that works for you on that. Um, Amy, I love to leave parents with a message of hope, so that they can leave feeling really encouraged. So, what would you want parents to remember um, about the
0: positive parenting ideals? I w- I would say, um, and this isn't some well, this is part of the positive parenting ideals actually. But I, I think um, you know, for parents, whatever stage, whatever season you are in right now, it always feels like the hardest one, right? Like things feel so challenging. And so for me, one of the things that helped me reframe those challenges was actually three words. And those three words are, I get to, I get to. So instead of, I have to help my son with homework, I get to help my son with homework. Right. I have to go to a soccer tournament this weekend with her. I get to go to a soccer tournament this weekend. I get to pick up from carpool. I get to do all the things that we have because so often um, in the course of our, our day and our weekly routine, there are so many things that we're like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. There's so much of the busyness and the craziness. But if we just take a step back and realize, you know what? This is such a privilege. I get to help you with your homework and what i want you to do is say those words out loud to your kids because they'll be like oh that's cool right i get you these moments are gonna go whatever season you're in right now however challenging it is it's gonna be over like that so give yourself grace you are doing an amazing job you would not be here listening to katie's um video class if you were not an amazing parent already. So give yourself grace and remind yourself that you get to have these opportunities. Remind your kids that you know how awesome that is, that you get to be with them. And I just think that helps change the perspective a tad.
1: Really does. And it shouldn't take when, you know, hearing an awful story of someone who, God forbid, loses a child. That's, I feel like that's the only time we ever remind our brains to shift into privilege. Yep. from Absolutely. obligation and that's a, an a very very important encouragement amy thank you so very much for filling up our tanks today for for teaching us some positive parenting tools for shifting so many perspectives on consequences and rewards and praise oh my goodness i'm going to do a quick summary because i feel like i just want to give people like this toolbox right so number 1 we talked about looking for the root of behavior and not just immediately going to consequences thinking about Every parenting move is building those skills, right? Growing to the future, Um, those rewards. We talked about how that they teach the child that the task is hard, that they're probably not capable of doing it, and that we really care about it a lot. So that invites power struggles. Uh Uh-oh, a recipe for power struggles, right? Don't follow that recipe. Um, And then the whole idea of shifting our praise to encouragement, to focusing on the deed that you want to see repeated instead of praise labeling the child and that phrase i just got to say it again tell your children you must be so proud of yourself how simple if you do nothing else after this incredible interview use that one today in some way you must be so proud of yourself so 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 many good
0: nuggets amy mccready thank you so very much for being here Katie, thank you for the opportunity. I just am so grateful for all the work that you do for our Positive Parenting Solutions members and for parents at large. So you keep doing all the good stuff you're doing. And thank you for the opportunity to chat with your community. Wonderful. And parents out there, I know that you are a better parent
1: because of today. And that's exactly what we do here on the Healthy Parenting Connector. You want to raise healthy kids. You want to feel proud of yourself, on it, at the end of each day. And we have the experts You have the information you need. I'm so honored to host so many like Amy and I will see you again next week with yet another episode of the Healthy Parenting Connector. Thank you, thank you for listening to the interview. I hope your brain feels fed and your heart feels full. We are all parents on the same journey just trying to raise healthy, independent adults. Next time you think, man, there's no handbook for this job. Now there is. Look up the Healthy Parenting Handbook wherever you listen to your podcast. Please leave a review as that helps other people find the goodness that we share here, and of course, subscribe. You can also look for our shorts as a reel on Instagram at Real Food. Hit that heart and share those with your friends and subscribe to the Healthy Parenting Handbook Shorts channel on YouTube.